Thanks, Creon. It's good to know the presence of the Lord, isn't it? In our midst this morning. And I want you to turn with me this morning to Isaiah uh, 64. I want to touch a wee bit this morning on what we did at Tuesday night, but not, not completely at the men's night. Uh, because I believe that God has given me a message of revival. And I just want to go and uh, with that message and to see what God is able to do. I want to tell you this morning, God is on the move. Amen? God, God's always been in the move. <laughs> God has never stopped moving. What he's looking for is a people to just uh, to tap into what he's doing. Just to break through into where he is. And just to move with him. I don't want to be in, uh, in the high street when God's moving in the main street. I want to be where God is. Because where God is, that's where things happen. That's where the power of God is seen. That's where the healings come in. That's where this, the salvations come in. Because, you know, God wants to save people. You know, and that's why that holiday club has come up. It's so important. Because to reach the young people. Because we've really lost a generation. Because when I, when I was young, uh, we knew the Bible. Because most people went to Sunday school. Most children went to Sunday school. We need to be a praying church. You know, we really need to be a praying church because prayer brings down God. It takes us up to God, but it also brings God down. And we want God to step into our situations here this morning. Amen? Come on now. Amen? We want God to step down this morning into our, uh, our situations. That we know that the power and the presence of God is here. And as Graham said, I prayed this morning, there is nothing, and we sang it, there is nothing too hard for him. There is nothing too hard for him. And I long to see communities touched and changed with the power of God. I long to see uh, this village, I, I, I thought, well, there's a village, isn't it? I, never, I thought it was a town, but there's a village. I would love to see this village transformed. Amen. Who would love to see the folks on a Sunday morning leaving their houses up there uh, and all the estates and moving into a place where God is. You know, that would be just marvellous if we looked out the door on a Sunday morning and we've seen them coming from all directions. The only time I've seen that happening was not in a time of revival, but it was down at Keswick, at the Keswick Convention for the very first time. And uh, I think it starts about, about 10 o'clock in the morning or, or something. And see, about half past nine, every street uh, is leading to the, to the convention centre with hundreds of hundreds of people carrying their Bibles, all going to the place where God is. Now, I'm not saying God's only in a, in a building, please don't understand, but... At the, at the Keswick Convention and you just stood there and said wouldn't it be wonderful if that was a situation in every one of our villages if that was a situation in every one of our towns and islands where we've seen people hungry for God because God had come Isaiah 64 says this oh that you would rend the heavens amen oh God would you rend the heavens this morning God would you rend the heavens as Isaiah prayed and would you rend the heavens and come down and that the mountains would tremble before you. And when fire and, and when fire sets 
Twigs ablaze and causes water to boil. Come down to make your name known to your enemies. And cause the nations to quake before you. For when you did awesome things that we did not expect, you came down and the mountains trembled before you. Since ancient times, no one has heard or ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God beside you who acts on behalf of those that wait upon him. What a statement that is, isn't it? Come on, isn't that an amazing statement? This God who does these wonderful, marvellous, powerful acts in creation and all over this universe is the God who acts on behalf of those that wait for him. Amen? Wow. So, it's pretty important. Of course it is. Because without prayer, there is nothing ever, ever going to happen. Uh, I think it was Wesley, one of the Wesley brothers who, the older he got, he said, the more convinced he was that God did nothing on earth except an answer to prayer. And the older I get, the more I believe that. And the more we need to get into the presence of God. So if you've got a prayer meeting here in the church, it should be as busy as a Sunday morning meeting, okay? It should be as busy as a Sunday morning meeting. But the prayer meeting has become the Cinderella meeting of all our church gatherings, where it should be the main focus because that's where, that's where the power uh, is generated. That's where the presence of God is felt. It's when we come together to pray and to pray and to seek God's face. God, we're praying that you would come down. You know, that's an, an amazing prayer. Because when God comes down, God does stuff that only God can do. Amen? <laughs> I like that, isn't it? When God comes down, we know that God can do stuff that only he can do. We can't say, oh, it was this program or it was that. When God moves, God moves. Amen? And we know that God moves and God is in the midst of us. And, uh, and so all oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down and that you would do things that only is unmistakably God. You know, the answer to the problems in Moodisburn are, are not in here. The answer to the problems in Moodisburn have got to come down from heaven. They've got to come down from God. And we've got to have a people who are prepared to go up and bring, the, and bring God down, to bring down to here. You see, when the children of Israel were in Egypt, and they were under bondage, and they, they were crying, and they're crying, and they're crying out to God, and God says, I'm going to come down and see what all this uh, do is about. So if you're making so much noise that God is saying, oh, I've got to go down to this place called Rudisburg, because there's so much prayer going up, there's so much people crying out on behalf of Rudisburg, that I'm going to come down and see what all this praying is all about and when God comes down God does amazing things amen God does amazing things I want to intermix what I'm going to say this morning with some uh, some thoughts on the last revival in Scotland you know uh, I've been I've been privileged to uh, have been in all these sites up at Lewis and, uh, and Harris and to stand on them and to pray on them and to meet people who were in that in the last big revival in Scotland 1949 to 1952-53 but I didn't know what was happening up in Lewis I just want to give you a wee bit of flavour of what happens when God comes down. And if I take you on a wee bit of a journey, it's not just a journey into the past, but it's a, it's a journey for you guys into the future. Because when you understand what God is able to do, it makes you excited that you want to see God do the same things here. Amen? And we want to see souls being brought under the conviction and the power of the Holy Spirit. 
We want to see men and women lying out there in the street getting saved without a preacher. You see how, well, it happened in Scotland. <laughs> you know, that has happened in Scotland. Men and women lying across the streets, crying out to God to get saved because they knew that God had come down. God had stepped out of heaven and he had come down and when he does that he brings his presence right down amongst us and nobody, nobody but nobody wants to move out of that presence because they're afraid to move away from God in case that they lose it and not find God and find themselves in a lost eternity how sad it is to think that there, there could be people even here this morning for I don't know anyone there could be people even here this morning who are listening to this who might find themselves in a lost eternity because they never ever sought out God they had the opportunity to be in a place like this to hear that God was able to do abundantly for them for their soul, for their life and yet they said no to God you see, you can only say no to God a certain amount of times my spirit shall not always dwell with man, says the Bible. And we can only say no to God so many times. I'm going to wait till this happens. I'm going to wait till that happens. I'm going to wait till I'm this. I'm going to wait till that. You might wait until it's too late. And you're knocking on the door of heaven saying, My Lord, I was in your place in Moodisburn and I heard what you were saying and I thought I'd time to, to act on it. The only time you've got to act on the message from God is now. It's not tomorrow, it's not next week, it's now. Because this is your present day, this is your time where you can accept Jesus Christ as your saviour. This is the day, only the day, only this moment now is what is, is given to you. What are you going to do with that moment? You see, a moment is the smallest, the smallest bit of time that you can get. The Bible speaks about it as a twinkle of the eye. You know, if you blink, it's over. And yet, moments are so important because a moment is where the past it collides with the future. And what you do in that moment determines what your future is. You know, and so you're in a moment this morning. You're in a moment, no matter what situation you're in this morning, you're in a moment, but it's colliding with your present. And it can shape your future. And so many people miss the moment. And they continue going on in the way that you are, 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 are living. I love these moments in my life when I can look back. When, when in a moment my past collided with my future. And I was able to walk in a different way from that moment. And I believe we're in moments this morning. I really believe we're in moments. This is not what I expected to preach on this morning, but we are in moments this morning. I think there are moments here this morning where people's lives are going to be touched and changed, not only for time, but going to be touched and changed for eternity. And that moment might never be afforded to you again. And so it's important that you grasp hold of this, of this moment because God is, is coming near. His presence is here. And he's asking you this morning, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? He's not only asking if you're not a Christian this morning, he's not only asking you, he's asking you Christians this morning, what are you going to do with the rest of your life?
because you have the potential and the possibility to do amazing things for God in the time that you have got left. Amen. I'm now 71, but I'm looking for far more exciting times to come than I've ever experienced in the past. And I've experienced God in so many ways in the past, but I'm excited because I want to see God, I want to move with God into far more exciting times than I've ever experienced before. And God is able to do that. I want you to take you this morning to uh, an actual prayer meeting. Uh, and then we'll, 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 we'll come back and do two different things. I want you to imagine... Lewis, uh, anyone up here? Anyone here? Uh, been in Lewis? Lewis, Lewis, anyone else been in Lewis? Anyone been up at, uh, at Barvis? You been at Barvis? Been at Barvis? Been up at Barvis? Never been up at Barvis. Anyone this side? It's like an option here. <laughs> but, uh, you know, one night in 1949, there was a group of, of men and women met in a certain house to pray. The revival had already started. It had started in, in Barvis, but this is in the next village called Arno. And they met to pray because what they saw God doing elsewhere, they wanted God to do it where they were. Amen. Now that, that's a good thing, isn't it? We see God moving in different places. And God, I want to see what's happening here. I want to see you moving here in Moodysburg. And so they met to pray in the home of a blacksmith. It's still there. The house is derelict now, but it's still there. He was a blacksmith, but his name was also Smith, you know. <laughs> so they met, uh, uh, and the spiritual atmosphere was dry. Who's been in prayer meetings like that, you know? Where there's really a, a, a dryness about the place. Where there, you always sense there's no real breakthrough. Where you're just, uh, you think that your prayers are, are just bouncing off the ceiling and they're bouncing. But I've been in prayer meetings like that, you know. But I've been in other prayer meetings where there was no ceiling at all. You know, where we were right into the very presence of God. But here they were, the spiritual atmosphere was dry, and a sense of deadness prevailed as one after another tried to break through in prayer. And sometimes we give up at that point, don't we? But we need to be persistent in God. We really need to be persistent in God. And what happened then was that, uh, that Duncan Campbell, who was the evangelist who led a part of the, of the revival up there, a physical evangelist, called on Mr. Smith to pray. So here's a blacksmith in his own home, and Duncan Campbell asked him to pray. Now, it'd be quite hard to pray in that dry atmosphere, wouldn't it, you know? Oh, he's asked me to pray, and it's just dead in here. So up got, up got, the, up got the blacksmith. His prayer was short, and it was sharp. Oh, for short, sharp prayers. <laughs> you know, oh, for short, sharp prayers, not long, long prayers. The prayer was short and sharp, and this is where he, this is where he prayed. I want you to try and sense it. Now, you're in a house where there's probably no got lights in it except candles or, or, or these, these paraffin lamps it's not got all the modern uh, things that we have got and here's men hungry men and women hungry for God oh God you made a promise to pour water upon him that is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground and Lord it's not happening he's a brave man isn't it but an honest man he was saying, and Lord, it is not happening. He paused, and then he continued uh, in a rising voice, Lord, I do not know how Mr. Campbell or these other men stand with you, but I know my own heart, and I know that I 
I'm thirsty. You have promised to pour water on him who is thirsty. If you don't do it, God, how can I ever believe you again? This is a powerful prayer. You know, this is a prayer right for the heart. Because he was wanting to see God moving. And he said, I know that I am thirsty. You have promised to pour water on him who is thirsty. If you don't do it, how can I, how can I ever believe you again? Your honour is at stake. You are a covenant-keeping God. Fulfill your covenant engagement. Amen. Wow. At that instant, you see, this was the prayer of breakthrough. This was the prayer that broke through the ceiling. This was a prayer that went right into the very presence of God and touched the very heart of God. And in that instant, the granite house shook like a leaf. And a power was unleashed that swept the entire parish. Not just in the, in, in the house where they were, but it broke out in the entire parish of Arnold. Duncan Campbell said I could only stand in silence as wave after wave of divine power swept through the house. And in a matter of minutes following this heaven sent visitation, men and women were on their faces in distress of snow. He stepped outside and discovered the whole village was a stir. Come on, does that not excite you? Does that not stir something within you that God, this is Scotland, this is not Argentina we're talking about. Bless Argentina when you go out there. But this is not Argentina, this isn't, this isn't uh, all these places that we read about. This is Scotland. This is the place where we live. And here was a prayer that broke through into the very presence of God and it touched God's heart. In that very moment, the power of God stepped through the house. And it swept out of the house. And it swept across the whole village of Arnold. And then it goes on to say, discovered the whole village, but though I was, it was 11 o'clock at night, people with lanterns and flashlights were making their way along the road and across the fields to order the meeting place as if they were summoned by a silent bell. Come on. Wouldn't that be wonderful if a prayer like that was prayed in this building here that really broke through to the, the very heart of God and you looked out there and there was people crossing the street uncalled but they're making their way to where God's presence says, come on, oh God, would you do it, you've done it, would you do it again God? God, would you do it again, would, would, would you allow us to see a move of the Holy Spirit in our midst? Would you allow us to see you stepping out of heaven? Would you allow us to see just what you can do when you come down as Isaiah prayed? And to see folks with lanterns and coming across all the streets and across the fields, all you could see was lights as people were coming to the place where prayer had been made and had a breakthrough prayer right into the very presence of God. That's why prayer is important. That's why we need to come as a, as a church and keep on praying. We need to covenant to pray. And not only when we meet here for prayer meetings, because I want to tell you, up in Lewis, when this revival started, you were at three, four, five prayer meetings a day because you were so hungry. You were so hungry to be in the presence of God and you were so hungry to keep what God was doing alive. And so you were in the prayer meetings sometimes till 3 o'clock in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning and you were a crofter or a weaver. 
And you were back up at 6 o'clock and what they tell you is that they never ever felt tired. They were never weary. They, were, they just were getting their strength from God and they wanted to just be in God's mighty presence. Come on folks. How did that happen? Because there was prayer being made. Real prayer. Prayer that cried out the promises of God. Prayer that said God, you're a covenant keeping God. Prayer that, that really reached the very heart of God. Would you like to see that? Would you like to see Buddhism completely alive to God? As Arnold was up there. I'm hoping to take some folks up to Lewis. Uh, maybe end of July into August not decided yet I might have a wee trip up first just to see about accommodation and just to see but I found a, a place that sleeps up to 16 people uh, two lots of six so I don't know if I can take men or women I think the first time we'll just take men with us <laughs> I said the wrong thing one, one, two, three, four, five, six men ah. <laughs> But no, uh, and it's, it's fairly reasonable and it's right at the heart of, of, of revival territory. And I, I would love, uh, Hugh, where's Hugh? There's Hugh. Hugh has been with me at, at Cumbus Lang. We have stood at Cumbus Lang and the power of God just came amongst us. The Spirit of God just fell because when we arrived there it was a calm, calm day. The minute we stepped into, into, the, into the Cumbus Lang revival site, the trees all started to stir. Trees all started to stir. And we walked down into the, into, into the place where there's a, a memorial to the Cumbus Lang revival. I had got a word from God that morning and I thought it was for, only for me. But as I stood with the group and I opened my Bible and I, I was going to uh, actually say something. So, but we prayed first of all and I wasn't conscious of this but as I was praying the wind came and caught my Bible. And it, it turned it over page by page and it stopped at the very place I had gotten that morning. You see, that what's happened when God comes down. It's so exciting that he turned my Bible to the very spot that I had got a verse from him that morning that I thought was for me and not for sharing. But he was telling me it was for sharing. <laughs> and that's not embellishment. That's what happened. You see, when you allow God to come down, he does amazing things in your life. Even just like it's a turning the leaves of your Bible over, a wind blowing over these leaves of the Bible, and it stops at the exact page. Then it went away back up at the trees again. And that was an amazing day then. We stood, I can't remember the name of the place now, Hugh. Uh, I always say it wrong anyway. Just that place outside of... Uh, of uh, Bulgai. Balder There was a revival there. And you know, it started with 12-year-old children. It started in, in the classroom. Don't, don't say that children can't pray. <laughs> because I think we've got a lot more children praying this morning after that. Good morning, God. Thank you for this day. That's a wonderful start for these children to do. And these are the prayer warriors of the future. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all these other things will be added unto you. That was a wonderful prayer meeting. And you can still see the house, it's derelict. They've taken the top story off, because at that time it was a two-story house. They've taken the top story off the house. If you want to go with me, 
up to Arno, up to up to Barvis, up up to Carloway, up to all these sites, and just to just to pray, God. I want to see what you did in this place. I want to just relive it. But I'm asking you, God, I don't want to be an embalmer of the past. Well, not to be embalmers of the past, but with to be in powers of the future. Amen. And so if you take a journey to the past, it's only in order to take your journey into the future. And so it's wonderful just to stand there and just to pray in these days. You see, Duncan Campbell was in Falkirk just along the road there just for us day and Duncan Campbell spent about 17 years in Falkirk and he was distressed he was not making any progress in God whatsoever he had been a faith mission evangelist and had seen God move in mighty ways in, in people's lives as he was a pilgrim uh, going through all these all these villages if you get a chance to read The Spirit of Revival you'll, you'll still get it on uh, on, e, uh, on, uh, on Amazon for a penny I think but if you can pick up the spirit of revival, which is the story of the faith mission, it will just capture your soul. It really will capture your soul. It's the only book I've read four times. You know, but the spirit of revival was a book that gripped my soul. When I got my knees done in 2009, uh, when I got, I got one done in the March and one done in the, uh, in the September. Uh, so I had, a, I had a year off from ministry to get my, my knees done. And that was the book that I read and I reread and I reread and I reread. Because it was God coming down out of heaven and standing with these pilgrims in these, in these villages. And seeing there was two young pilgrims in Peebles. They were, they were left off in Peebles. Just in, they're defending themselves. There was, no, there was no wages. There was no accommodation. In fact, in some of the places up north, they had to clean out hen pens in order to get a bed at night. That's how they were. Because they wanted to preach the gospel. They wanted to take the gospel to the villages. That's how, that's how Duncan Campbell's family were saved. Up in up in, uh, in North Connell by faith pilgrim by faith mission pilgrims. Would you have that desire that you would clean out a hen pen in order to get a bed for the night, in order that you could bring the message of the gospel? You see, it's time to get away from this this fair this fair weather Christianity and get out there and touch people's lives. You see. Stop looking at your church as a local church. Okay? Stop looking at your church as a local church. Because when you just look at your church as a local church, it's, it's, it's confining it into this place. What I want you to start looking at is, is that you are the church in the community. You're the church, so you have the, the means by the Holy Spirit within you people here to meet the needs of Moody's burn. Amen. Come on, isn't that great? Isn't that wonderful? That you have the, by the Holy Spirit, you know, and you have the means in this, this fellowship. And if you see yourselves as a church in the community, rather than just a local church, but a church in the community, and you know that you can go out anywhere in that community, and you take the full resources of heaven with you, come on, isn't that wonderful? That as a church in the community, you can move with the full resources of heaven behind you. 
in order to touch and change people's life. Moodysburg needs to see the power of God, amen? Moodysburg needs to see the power of God at work. And as they brought down that, that God down at Arnold at that prayer meeting, wouldn't it be wonderful if Moodysburg saw that same thing happening, yeah? That they saw the power of God in operation and they couldn't escape it. You know, those men and women did try to escape it. They tried to run away from it. God's not going to catch me here. So they, they went up into the hills and they went away to... Uh, uh, but God caught them. The places of pleasure were shut down. Because most people, instead of being at the pub, were at the prayer meeting. Amen. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Wouldn't it be wonderful if they had to shut them down because all their clients were at the prayer meeting? You see, that's what happens when God comes. You see, this isn't just being uh, a set of evangelical meetings. This is real revival when God comes in and moves in the midst of a community. And that's what we're asking for when we ask God to do that. Amen? To come down and stand. Anyway, back to Duncan Campbell. He was in Fokker and he wasn't happy at all. He had lost all what he he had as a a faith mission pilgrim. And he had taken this, uh, this job so that he could put his children through school and, and all these different things. And he was in the, I think it was the Congregational Church or the UF Church in Falkirk. And for 17 years, and in these 17 years, he was just so distressed. He was just, uh, he, was, he was depressed, he was distressed. He just didn't know, uh, he, he thought that was it. But he was still preaching. He was still, he was still doing the Keswick Convention. He was still doing Keswick in Edinburgh and all these sort of things. And one, one Saturday morning he was, uh, he was preparing to go through to Edinburgh to, to preach at the, at, at the Keswick in Edinburgh. And he heard his daughter crying and praying in the next room. So she eventually comes through and she said, Daddy, can I talk to you? He said, of course you can. She says, Daddy, you used to see so many people come into the kingdom of God. You used to lead. You were so ex- exciting in your preaching. And, 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 and you saw so many people saved and, 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 and touched. But Daddy, you're not seeing that now. And I've just been praying, God, that you... I've just been praying to God that you will get this back. That you will get this excitement back of serving God. Duncan Campbell went away to speak at uh, Edinburgh and he, he spoke first and then it was a, a Dr. Fitch, I think it was, it, was, uh, it was the second speaker. And the things that Dr. Fitch was sharing, Duncan Campbell was saying, I have no right to be in this platform. I'm just here under false pretenses. <laughs> Ever felt like that? <laughs> Tell you, I felt that often. <laughs> and he came back and he wrote three letters to different, uh, different boys. Two was about his resignation. One was asked if the faith mission would, would take him back. Within months he was in Lewis. And being the, 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 the preacher, amongst other preachers, who saw God move in almighty power. See, I think God was preparing him. Because at times as preachers you can depend on yourself and not depend on God. And I think he had got to the stage where he was depending on himself. And he had lost that, that hunger for God. And then when he was empty of self, God says, I can use you now. I can trust you with revival now. 
I can trust you with what I've got, I want to do now. My question to myself is, God, can you trust me with that? And this, this fellowship, are you asking that question, God, can you trust us with revival? So that we don't put our hands in it. We just go where you're going. We just do what you're doing. We just stand in awe. Because most, the most, uh, the most saying that was said over that whole revival amongst all those who were involved in it was, this is of the Lord. And it's wonderful in our eyes. All along to look at a situation in a village like this and say, oh God, this is wonderful in our eyes. Because it's you that's moving. And Duncan Campbell moved into Lewis. As I say, the rest is history. What is God preparing you for? Because God is preparing you for something. You might not just know. Because you're, you're so taken up with your own circumstances. Why don't you lay them all down this morning? Why don't you lay down every circumstance your life this morning and say, God, I want to do what you've prepared me to do. Because up to this moment, God has been preparing you. They might have been taking you down roads that, you, that you've not liked. And some of the roads that God has taken you down are roads that you went down yourself. It doesn't mean God is taking you down them, but he's allowed you to do that. But he's brought you back to this moment. Uh, see, I believe we're in a moment this morning. I, I believe we're in, in a moment this morning. Where your past is colliding with your future. And how, the, how, how you handle that moment is going to determine how prepared you are for what God is going to do with your life. It doesn't matter what age you are this morning. Doesn't matter if you're older than me or younger than me. God's still preparing you for something. Because He saved you to be unique. And He's given you gifts that are yours. Why don't you just lay down everything this morning? Because this is a moment from which you will be glad that you laid it down. And surrendered everything to God. Surrendered, I don't know what your circumstances are. I've had to surrender my circumstances to God because I've been through so much grief in these past weeks. And there's others in here can understand what that grief is. But when we lay it down in that moment, in my past, see, this moment your past has come to an end. Come on now, I want you to understand, this moment your past has come to an end. So you don't have to be controlled by your past in this moment. It's come to an end. And this is your present time. And what you do with this moment is going to determine your future. Two old ladies. Peggy. And, uh, and, uh, and Christine Smith. I couldn't mind her setting name. 82 and 84. But their moment came. <laughs> you know, 82 and 84, and their moment came. Because God dropped into their heart a desire to pray for the youth. 
in the very same moment that house shook the very same moment God visited that home just round the corner from the house that shook and gave a revelation to these two old ladies about what he was going to do come on 82 84 that was their moment and they seized that moment and they acted on that moment so what does this moment hold for you oh well I'm too tied up with this and I'm too tied up with that and I'm too listen there's nothing worth more than serving God seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of those other things that you're involved they'll all fall into place but the, this is your moment for saying to God right from this moment on God my future is going to be determined by you now whatever you've been, me preparing, you've been preparing me for I want to move in it now there's nobody in the 80s in here is there but there's nobody in the 80s in here and yet 82 and 84 blind blind and crippled and yet Duncan Campbell will tell you it was these two ladies that brought revival to Lewis you going to seize your moment this morning are you saved this morning have you, have you surrendered your life to Jesus Christ this morning have you really surrendered your life to Jesus Christ and say, Jesus I want to take you as my saviour this morning because this is my moment because it might be your last moment but this is your moment for salvation this morning and in the presence of God why don't you accept Jesus Christ as your saviour this morning come in repentance of your sin don't put it off don't say this that the next thing this is your moment and the rest of your life is your future in Christ amen